as we continue to build a relationship over time, you then have more like, more trust in me. Now you feel like you know me that much further. If I ever do have an ask or if I ever do start a business up or something like that, who's the person that I know that's going to support me? It's Darnielle. Right. Those are the types of things when I'm building relationship, that's the free flow right there every single time. It doesn't yeah. matter if I build this relationship to do through a podcast, people are always going to talk about some frustrations that they have if they can trust you. And if you're listening, most times people don't listen enough because they're always listening to speak rather than listening to solve. <laughs> listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnielle J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow and connection to and beyond the million dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by God Girls Making Millions. Listen to me. If you know that you need to be in a new room, to have the conversations that your next level demands, I've got the mastermind for you. Go now to godgirlsmakingmillions.com. Before we jump into today's episode, I'm gonna need you guys to do me a favor. You've been listening to this amazing podcast and I know that you are loving it because I'm seeing your ratings, I'm seeing your reviews. Here's the thing, right now we are in 39 countries around the world and I need your help expanding our reach. Will you please take two seconds if you have not already left us a review and rate and review this podcast. When you do, you help us to get this amazing content into more people's hands. Thank you so much in advance for helping me to spread the message and the mission of Move to Millions. In today's episode, I sit down and chat with the Casanova Brooks. I'm not going to lie. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. He blew my mind so often in this conversation. Literally, I'm shaking my head at the amount of power that this man brings into the world. Let me read his quick bio. Casanova Brooks is a highly sought after speaker, author, entrepreneur, and an award-winning real estate agent. He is the host of the Dream Nation podcast. Oh my gosh, I've had the opportunity to be a guest on his podcast. Listen, your whole life is about to change. I do not want to steal the thunder of our powerful conversation. So here's what we're going to do on the backside, on the flip side, on the B side of our conversation. I'll come back and I will share some of my favorites with you. But here's what I need you to know. Your mind, your body, your spirit and your soul is about to get better just because of every seed that this man plants into your life experience. Grab pen. Grab paper and let's jump into my conversation with Casanova Brooks. Casanova, oh, I've been waiting to have you and have this conversation with you. I'm so excited that you are here. Take just a really quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words. Thank you for having me. First off, it's uh, definitely a pleasure to be here. I can describe who I am. I'm a father, I'm a husband, but more importantly, I'm a dream activator and I'm a relationship builder. My whole life, I've just always tried to focus on how can I bring good energy and how can I make sure that I cultivate and nurture the right relationship. So I think that that's been a key part in me getting to where I am today. 
And I love that you consider yourself to be a dream activator. My name, Darnielle, means the secret place where dreamers go to dream. This is like a kismet kind of thing going on here. I shared with you just before we started recording, I first heard you on Patrice Washington's podcast and was blown away by your story. And there's no way in the world that I can let this conversation happen without you taking everybody on a journey of where you've been and where you are going. Share a little bit or as much as you feel comfortable sharing about your story, because I know that that energy you spoke about before we started recording, first of all, it's going to come from there. Second of all, you are going to be the epitome of inspiration for so many people who have thought about giving themselves permission to give up because of all that you went through and how you still kept going. So, okay, I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead. Tell them the story. For me, I always say that I'm no stranger to adversity because a lot of people, they see me now, it's like, oh, he's made it, right? Whatever made it looks like in their eyes. But for me, when I say no stranger to adversity, I just every day think about how blessed that I am. And I think that we're all blessed in one way or another because we see someone else's story, especially with social media nowadays. Social media just shows that somebody else, they've been through some challenges, they've been through some storms, and maybe they're going through the mud right now. And you're like, look, I'm going through my own set of problems, but I'm grateful that I don't have those problems. That's something that always keeps my positive energy up. On top of that, I have an amazing wife and then also I have two kids, but I always love to give people the backstory and I love that you're allowing me to share it with your audience, your platform, your tribe. When I first ever think about me and my story, it all goes back to me being raised by a single mom in Chicago, south side of Chicago. And my grandma stepped in early to be that father figure in my life because my dad was never around. Last I knew he is alive, but me, I grew up as an only child on my mom's side. My mom only had me. And last I knew I had 13 brothers and sisters on my dad's side. That was probably about 10 years ago. Could I have a couple more? I absolutely could. But my dad never did anything to bridge the gap or the relationships between us. And so for me, I really grew up and I was having to figure out my own path, create my own blueprints, so much trial and error on my own because nobody was there to show me what the ropes look like. And even, I mean, trying to raise a young black boy in in South side of Chicago and you're a single mom, robbing Peter to pay Paul. There's so many things that my mom just couldn't control. Now I was never a bad kid, but she couldn't keep her eye on me 24 seven. She had to kind of let God create or somebody play a role to just saying, I pray that he's safe today. For me, I was trying everything and it felt like all the time I was finding myself in storms. My first storm was when I was eight years old. The first storm that I I really talk about is when I was eight years old, I had two best friends, did everything together. And we were like the little three musketeers and they came over one morning, it was a Sunday morning and they said, hey, you know what? We're about to go to the beach, which is normal routine. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm actually sit this one out. And come to find out a couple hours later, they both were drowning off of the pier at Lake Michigan in Chicago. Why I wasn't right there with them, just normal and everything that they was doing, I don't really know. There was no rhyme or reason. I always just say, again, God, my creator, someone had a bigger purpose for my life and what I was supposed to do on this earth. And so that was kind of my first time that I had to navigate. And, and I saw myself as then being looked at as a victim, as a young kid, right? Because people were like, oh, are you okay? You just lost your two best friends. And like, I didn't really know how to receive that because it felt like people were trying to help me. But then at the same time, it felt like something was wrong with me. So mm-hmm. I think that that was like the first time where I started started to really develop a little bit of a callus to being like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Regardless of what that pain was on the inside, it was almost that never let them see you sweat, even at, at a young age. And so I'm like, no, I'm good. 
Fast forward, I'm about 10, 11 years old, and I'm now really starting to be inundated with drugs, gangs, violence. Like, that's all I'm seeing when I'm coming out of my uh, apartment and on the streets. And so my grandma saw that too, and she always wanted the best for me. That was my heart and soul. And my grandma's still alive now, so I'm still very close to my grandma. Wow. She's still amazing. A couple of my cousins wound up migrating to what's Sioux City, Iowa. I don't know if anybody has listened to this and they've ever heard of Sioux City or been through Sioux I've City. heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, with me, before I moved there, I never obviously heard of it. But basically what happened was my grandma and I, we hopped on a Greyhound. She wants to take me up there for a weekend to go check out Sioux City. Next thing I know, less two months later, all of my stuff is being packed into a U-Haul. My grandma makes the decision. She's getting me out of Chicago and moving me to Sioux City, Iowa. My mom didn't really have a choice because I'm an early child and she wasn't going to leave me there. But my mom didn't really go willingly. She definitely went kicking and screaming. Uh, my grandma's like, no, we got to get him up out of here. Obviously, as you can see, for me, this is another kind of storm because it's a huge culture change for me. Think about coming from big city Chicago where people only look like you and I, right? The only time I saw people who didn't look like you and I was when I was downtown at like Arrow Washington Library or something like that. So then all of a sudden I'm in a town of 80,000 people, cornfield, cattles, almost no one who looks like me. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do here? There's a silver lining in everything. And what it did for me was it taught me that I couldn't grow up with an ignorant mindset. And what that means is just because you did not look like me, didn't mean that you couldn't be with me and you had to be against me. I was forced to build relationships early on, again, playing it to where I am today. That really was a key point in my life. When I'm 15 years old, I'm a normal kid. I'm pretty popular. I'm playing basketball, football, running track. I'm in dance squad. Things are going well for me. And I find myself in my sophomore year in high school, just walking through the hallway and I'm having a hard time breathing. And they're like, ah, it's probably just because basketball is just starting up. You left football early. You're probably just out of shape. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. Then I come home and I'm taking naps and my mom's like, what's up with you? This is unlike you. And I'm like, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I just like, I'm tired. And she's like, okay, well, if it persists, you know, we're going to go to the hospital. So over the next couple of days, it did persist. Next thing you know, like we go to the emergency room and like, hey, you know what? Since it has to deal with breathing, we're going to keep him, you know, a little bit longer, run some extra tests. And for me, I'm not thinking anything of it because as a child, I was never, ever sick. I never broke bones, chicken pox, measles, coronavirus. Like I was always. Well, there was no healthy. corona virus when you were a child, sir. There is no, I didn't <laughs> have new. anything of the equivalent. <laughs> I was pretty healthy. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And I was thinking in my mind, like, this will be fine. I'll be back at school tomorrow. I'm gonna get a hot nurse, maybe a sponge bath, some candy, ice cream. Like, it's gonna be good. They come back in at about 11 o'clock later on that night and they're like, hey, we actually got public transportation. We're going to ship you guys to the other side of the state at the University of Iowa. And I was my mom like, what are you talking about? Like, what, why? And then they're like, we think it might be more serious. And I'm what's more serious? And they're like, we think he might have cancer. And mm -hmm. I just, my grandma like, whoa. And so at this time, I didn't really know the C word. I'm like, oh, what does that really mean? I find myself six hours later over at the University of Iowa. They then run emergency tests and I have wound up having to get a port put in my chest, connected to my jugular vein. And for the next two years, well, first off, I got diagnosed with stage four lymphoma cancer. Wow. I was two weeks away from death. I could have just died naturally is what the doctors have said. And they did all those tests. And for the next two years, I went through chemotherapy, bone marrows, just about anything that anyone else does when it comes to the C word. Again, another storm that I had to navigate. And then we can talk about the, the intermediaries, but fast forward the next storm, which is probably my biggest storm. I just moved down here to Omaha, Nebraska, which is where I am now. And so we moved down here because I had a job opportunity. 
my my wife and then my son at the time is two and a half years old. Well, I was working corporate America. It was my first time of really experiencing in corporate that everybody could tell you no, it felt like, but nobody could tell you yes. Well, if anybody's doing that now and they're like, listen, I'm crushing it. I'm getting all these awards, these accolades. But for me, what happened was I wanted to try my hand at management. And within nine months, I finished as number eight in the entire company for inside sales. So I was crushing it. And everybody's casting over. You're doing so great. You're leading all these emerging leader programs programs and stuff, but the, there was no promotions available for me. And there were so many excuses. I'm looking into real estate and I wound up getting my real estate license about three months after this time frame, where I'm like, look, I got to do something different with my life. We have other transitions that's going on this time, which is one, I then say, okay, I got to get out of inside sales to go to outside sales so I could build my real estate career. And the second right. one was my wife and I, we had just put our first house under contract for us to live in. Well, this is an exciting time for us. My mom and grandma called me up at the same time and say, hey, you know what? We want to move down to Omaha to be closer to you, Julie and CJ, my wife and son, because there's nothing left here in Sioux City for us. So I'm like, all right, cool. Then within 24 hours, my mom ends up going to the hospital, 24 hours of moving my mom down here. So this is like three weeks after. 24 hours of moving my mom down here. My mom wound up going to the hospital here in Omaha. Within one week's time, I lose my mom at that hospital. Now, subsequently, just because of the transitions that I was in, um, when I got the call, I was up in Rochester, New York, doing this training for this big company that I was at. And that's where they send everybody. So I got the call. I got to take the first flight back, 4 a.m. I handle all the funeral arrangements. And then my manager comes back after this is like a week and a half later. My manager comes back. She says, Cass, I know it's a trying time, but we need you to go back out to Rochester to finish out your training. And I said, with all due respect, I can't. My grandma, my wife, my son, they need me here. Like, I can't. She's like, I get it. But this is corporate. You're brand new. You don't even have a territory. I can't keep you on the staff if you don't finish out this training. And I'm like, thank. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm about to close on this house in three weeks. I already have this real estate license. I'm just doing nothing with it. If you just allow me to close on this house, I'll be out of your hair and you'll never have to hear from me again. I'm grateful because she was like, mm, all right, I got you. So she let me put in a three week notice. I didn't even have nothing going on. And so I'm like, okay, cool. We're gearing up for this three weeks. We're going to close in this house. My grandma's going to move in with us. We'll, we'll figure it all out. Well, two days prior to us closing the house, the underwriters came back and they said, hey, we want more information on his student loans that are in deferment from the University of Iowa. So by the time they get this information, it's the following Monday. And for anybody who has bought a home before, this is post 2008. Right. What do they do? The day we're supposed to close, they go to re-verify employment. And then they call up and that company says, as of last Friday, three days ago, Casanova no longer works here. Yeah. So then my loan officer calls me. Obviously, I don't get the loan approved. So all within a matter of two and a half to three weeks, I lose my mom, my job, and my home. I got no family, no friends, no church group. I'm in brand new city, brand new state. What am I going to do now? going to go back and get a W-2 job and just figure it out. My wife's like, nah, you got this real estate license. You've done nothing with it. You're either going to jump all in, you're going to make some shake, or you're going to always be wondering what if. Mm. And so that's what I did within that next nine months. I did 46 deals, $8 million in volume. I got the rookie of the year here in Nebraska. And, and that's kind of where my journey started to really take off from. And, and since then, now we own multiple businesses and whole slew of other things. But that's kind of how we get to this point. And hopefully I was able to sum up about three decades <laughs> into 13 minutes. That was really, really good. And I purposely wanted to, you to just get the story out because I knew we'd come back and unpack it. There were a couple of things that you said 
that I want to kind of pull on. And the first thing, and I know you use the word storm, but I actually think that they're catalysts. And here's why. Because making the decision to not go with your friends to the beach is the reason why you're still here to live the story. Deciding to go with grandma and mom kicking and screaming to Sioux City is the reason why you were in a position to get the support that you needed when your cancer stage four was identified. Having gotten the foresight to get a real estate license when you took another job was the reason why today you're the real estate man. They're catalysts, not storms. And I just wanted to offer you that reframe because I think that it's the little things that we do that make the unassailable difference. Aristotle said that. I can't claim that. Those little things that weren't so little, they were very significant that allows Casanova to be here telling the story today about how faced with two really very distinct opportunities to have perished and neither of them took you out because of the purpose that God put on your life so that you could be sitting here today talking and having this conversation with me and leading Dream Nation and doing all of the things that it is that you do. I think it's a catalyst and not a storm. I want to offer that to you so that if as you try it on and you like it, you decide to rock it and going forward, you present it as such. When I think about your oratory skills and the way you show up in your presence when you're speaking, if you presented those as catalysts and then offered your audiences the opportunity to identify their own catalysts, that would be even more powerful. So I, I just wanted it. to offer that it. to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I receive it. And I thank you for that. That's something that I've told my story and shared the glory behind it, but no one's ever offered me that reframe. I definitely take it and I receive it and I appreciate it. I'll definitely look at how I can reframe the way that I say things. And also, again, what's the silver lining and how yeah. can someone else take my experiences and, and use their experiences to find their own types of, of catalyst moments, I guess I would say. Absolutely. When I first heard you on Patrice's podcast, a shout out to Redefining Wealth for anybody who's yeah. listening. If you're not listening to Patrice's podcast, stop playing yourself and go on over there and subscribe because it's the bomb.com. You know, have so much love for Patrice around here. When I first heard you there, that is what made me go follow you on social media, go look at you and see what you were doing because I was so impacted by your story. And the way that you today, I, I know when you were going through it, it didn't flow off your tongue with the eloquence with which it does today. But to know that you have done your work enough to be able to tell this story, these catalytic moments with such power and passion and energy instead of victimization and woe is me, like that is a recipe for impact. And when you add that to the fact that you said by going to Iowa, that was where you realized the importance of relationships and learn how to build relationships so early. So when you marry the two of those together, I can entirely see why Dream Nation is as powerful and even catalytic as it is today because of the person who spearheads and runs it. I know that your ability to look at a desire to leverage the power of relationships to impact the lives of others is something that's been instrumental in your own journey. And we can talk about all the more accolades that you've gotten in the last six and a half years and millions of dollars in real estate and all of that stuff. I know that what's really near and dear and close to your heart is this power of relationship building. And so I would love for you to just share a little bit, like what are probably maybe your three best 
demonstrated practices that you will offer to someone who may be at their own catalyst moment, trying to figure out how to pivot, which was the buzzword of 2020, to take the things that have happened to them and use them for their good instead of using them for an excuse as to why they can't. What would you offer to them about how to take where they are right now and instill the power of relationship building to help them to get to a different place? First off, there was a book that I read and it's a little bit more of a cliche, but it really gave me the foundation to know of what I was already doing in my day to day. There was this was a proven formula. And this book was How to Win Friends and Influence People with Dale yes. Carnegie. And that was huge for me because I was already doing it. One of the first keys when I'm focused on building relationships with people is I look for how can I be more interested than interesting? I'm interested in what they have going on because at the end of the day, it goes back to that Maya Angelou quote, people won't care what you said. They'll really care how you made them feel. And most people, they just want to be acknowledged. They want to be a part of something that is bigger than themselves. And so for me, as I was growing up, I did want to be acknowledged. I think when you talk about catalytic moments, for me, not having a dad, I use that to fuel me to be the father that I am today. If you look at any of my stories, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, anybody who follows me, you'll see my family, you'll see my kids, you'll see my daughter. There is a quote that back in 2020 was the first time that I saw it. And it said, if I didn't come from a wealthy family, a then a wealthy family. family must come from me. You talk about how can somebody else take something and use it for their own journey. For me, I looked at that and I said, oh, we all want wealth, especially if you don't come from it, which a lot of people look like us. We don't come from wealth. Yeah, I wanted something that would really be near and dear to my heart. If I didn't come from a loving father, then a loving father must come from me. That was the thing, because all the time when I'm hearing something, when I'm seeing something, I'm always trying to reframe it to how can I make sure that it inspires me, not motivates me, because there's a difference between inspiration and motivation. Motivation is that carrot that they can dangle in front of your face, but that's always going to be short term. I'm looking for something that's more inspiration because it makes me find out a little bit more about who I am and what is my desires in life of who I want to become. That's always been huge for me. Going back to it, when I talk about being more interested, I'm always trying to be interested in someone else's story, which is hence the reason why I have a podcast and why I created this platform. For a lot of people who are trying to build relationships, if you struggle with building relationships, the reason being is because if we're honest, you're being selfish. Why is because you're thinking only about you. You're thinking about this person's not going to like me. I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to bring to the table. It's always about I. Something that I learned, and this was from a mentor, Dean Graziosi, and he, he had said, here's what you got to do. If you're struggling with all those eyes, take that pressure off of yourself. And if you got to say the word I, say I just have to show up and serve. And a lot of the times, if you think about it, if you can create something that allows other people to get their message out, you're winning, which is part of the reason why I love having a podcast. And I love that you have a podcast too, of course. And I love doing other people's is because you allow people to come on and share their message. Yeah. It's been said, and I've heard this before, that the glory is in the story. All of my expertise just comes from my experiences. And that's where I try to give other people an opportunity to share their expertise because it's going to 
going to come through their experiences. When I think about how do I build relationships, the first thing I do is I show up as I'm being more interested than I'm trying to be interesting, which means I got to listen more. The second thing of what I try to do is as I'm talking to you, the instantly, no matter where we meet at, if I'm in your home, if let's say I'm doing a listing presentation or something like that, I'm looking at what's on the back of your wall. I'm seeing all the purple. I'm just being aware and cognizant. I'm seeing grateful. I'm seeing that you have pictures. I want to see what is that picture on the left side. I want to see what connection can I have with that? Maybe that's somewhere that you've traveled and maybe it's the Bahamas. You say my grandma's from the Bahamas. It could be something so subtle. It would be, has my grandma ever been to the Bahamas? I'm just trying to find a connection to you. And then through that, the more that you talk, the more of the connection that we can find somewhere because people do business with people who they know, like, and trust. Yeah. And the way that you have that trust factor is you have agreements, you have some type of a, a peace of mind that is on the same wavelength. It could be sports, it could be autism, it could be breast cancer, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to find some way to connect with that person. The last thing of what I'm doing, as we start, as I'm listening and I'm getting you to reveal more about who you are and we're making this connection, I'm always trying to find a pain point. If you and I met at a networking event, there's 150 people, you and I kind of hit it off. I'm like, man, Danielle, she, she seems so dope. I'm then gonna bring up something, I'm sure throughout the conversation of even five minutes, something is gonna be like, yeah, what do you like to do in your spare time? Not what do you do working? Because most people don't like to talk about work. You're like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Oh, so what's the thing that you're doing? Are you doing Amazon? Are you doing a podcast? And I'm find that thing. Oh, I just got a podcast. I'm launching a podcast right now. Oh, how is that going? Oh, the podcast is going great, but I tell you, it's a lot of work that editing and, and all that other stuff, but I do love just talking to people. Well, even though we just had that quick snippet, you just told me about a problem. What was that problem? Editing, all this other thing. Now, what I'm doing is even though we're going to continue the conversation, I'm not going in right there. I had that in the back of my mind editing. Now, if I know anybody and I should, if I'm trying to be a true relationship builder, yeah. I should probably know somebody or know of a resource that I can offer you. So now you've given me your business card or your contact, or we've connected on social media over the next day or two, or even a week, however long it takes me, hopefully it's in a day or two, if you're really trying to build relationships, I'm gonna reach back out to you on whatever that medium is that you gave me permission to. And then I'm gonna say, hey, Darnielle, hope all is well. I wanted to connect you to my guy, Jason. He actually edits podcasts, he's local here, or he's outsourced. Or the other thing is, I'm going to say, here's a resource. I found this free Facebook group. I've been a part of it for a couple of weeks. I was looking at the content. This could be a phenomenal resource for you as you're getting your podcast off the ground. I'm just trying to uncover whatever that pain point was for you. It could be big, small, whatever. And then I'm trying to add value to you. I'm not looking for anything in return. That's the other thing. I just offered that because here's what happened. It's the law of reciprocity. If I can help to make your life easier in some way, as we continue to build a relationship over time, you then have more like, more trust in me. Now you feel like you know me that much further. If I ever do have an ask, or if I ever do start a business up or something like that, who's the person that I know that's gonna support me? It's Darnielle. Right. 
those are the types of things when I'm building relationship, that's the free flow right there every single time. It doesn't yeah. matter if I build this relationship to do through a podcast, people are always going to talk about some frustrations that they have if they can trust you. And if you're listening, most times people don't listen enough because they're always listening to speak rather than listening to solve. I want to pull back the layer on what you just said, because you're right. A lot of people do listen to speak and to be heard instead of listening in order to solve the problem or to be a help. So I just want to pull back the three tips that you gave everyone for those of you who are taking notes that want to learn how to become more effective in your relationship building, because the more relationships you build, the more impact you'll have. Like I think about the Zig Ziglar quote, you help enough people get what they want, you will get what it is that you want. And the cool thing about it is that you don't even have to often ask for it. In that law of reciprocity, when you support and serve people right where they are and they feel safe, they will turn around and say, you know what, Casanova, how, what can I do for you? How can I help you? You have been such a blessing to me. Number one, you need to be more interested than you are interesting. And that means that you're going to have to make it less about you and more about the person you're in communication with. Dr. Maya Angelou says people will forget what you said and they'll forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And being interested yes. is being tuned in fully present in that particular moment so that that person feels seen and heard. As soon as that happens, they lower their defenses and they start to build up and admiration for the possibility or feasibility of relationship with you. Number two, you've got to be aware and cognizant so that ultimately you can find connection because connection is what brings an element of synergy and it gives you common ground. Or as Casanova said, it puts you on the same wavelength so that you can continue to break down the walls and open up an opportunity for true relationship. Third, you need to be listening for the clues, the pain points, the opportunities, the problems that they have not been able to solve on their own that you have access to. Now that access could be directly through something that you may have to offer them at the time that's appropriate. It could be because you know somebody who knows somebody. It's just really being about tuned into what their problem is and having a real finite desire to solve that problem. While you didn't say this Casanova, but this is what I heard being detached from the outcome. It's not about you because you don't start the conversation from a selfish place. You start the conversation from a servant place. That is what makes a difference. That's what I heard. That's what I wanted to make sure I broke down for each of you. I want you to know is that Casanova is literally giving you an amazing blueprint to be able to establish better relationship and connection with people that's going to lead to greater impact to those you're called to serve, but also to your own existence. There was something else you said. This was earlier and it just popped back into my spirit to pull it out. When you said all of my expertise comes from my experiences. The other thing that I think is important based on what Casanova just said, as you are listening and you're tuning in in the back of your mind to how your expertise can help them, you can create a new experience with this person you're building relationship with. Casanova, that was the bomb.com. That was so good. We could just drop the mic right there yeah. and send the people on their way. But of course, we have a little bit more we have to talk about. But Absolutely. that was just awesome. People who really realize what business is about will realize that it is as much about relationship as it is about sales. 
And if they would start focusing on building the relationship, the sales will come. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I think about how when we're working with our clients, the way we show up for them, the way we connect for them, the, the way we're interested in them, and they're not just some number or some amount of dollars that come into the bank account. And that is why they refer people to us. That's why they renew and continue working with us. And it's all the same formula, this blueprint that you've just laid out for everybody. So I just want to thank you for that. In your own journey and how you've made this come alive for you, talk to us about some of the benefits, if you will. I know you're not doing it for the benefits, but what have been some of the benefits of being more interested than interesting and connecting with people and then looking to be a resource to solve a problem that they have? This is the epitome of what Dream Nation is. When I created Dream Nation, I understood that I I was building a personal brand. I understood that I had a story, but here's what I learned and this was early on in my real estate career someone there was a story that was told at my sales meeting and this is first couple months in real estate and this really set the foundation someone had asked Warren Buffett they said Warren how did you know when you became successful in life and Warren said now if anybody who knows Warren Buffett they know that I wouldn't necessarily say he's an atheist I guess I've never heard that out of him but that's how he's described he just doesn't talk about afterlife and the whole nine and He said, you'll never know how successful you've been in life until you die. And people instantly, like the room was like, what? Like Warren's talking about afterlife, like what? This is crazy. And he's Mm -hmm. like, until you die and you see how many people come to your funeral. And he said, but more importantly, you'll never know how truly successful you've been until you see how many of those people cry at your funeral, because those are the people who you truly impacted their lives. That was like the big thing for me. And the story of like how I believed or how Dream Nation came to be and why I believed that it was something that needed to be created was because I wanted to build something bigger than me. I wanted to build something that could inspire people to go out there and live a life by their design because I believe that no dream is too big and no dream is bigger than any other dream. This all was was huge for me. And so to give you the story around it, and then I will answer your question for sure of how like this has impacted me and the relationships that I've been able to build. There was a point about three and a half years ago where CJ, my son, he was going through this phase, as all kids do, where he was afraid of the dark. Just built our house, moved into, and his bedroom is upstairs. It's a two-story home. His bedroom is right next to his, his sister's bedroom, and she would be in her crib sleeping, and he would go upstairs, and all of a sudden, he'd come running back downstairs, and he'd be like, I heard something. Somebody's up there. I'm like, buddy, well, first off, the stairs on the backside, like, the way you walk into my house, like, you can't even get to the upstairs without walking past. Anyway, he's like, I know I heard something. Someone's up there. I'm like, what would I have to do? I would then have to go upstairs. I would turn on a light, walk him down the hallway, walk him to the back, turn on a light in his room, show him under the bed, show him in the closet. And I would say, look, there's nothing to be afraid of. So then he'd go to sleep and it was fine. This gave me chills about two and a half weeks ago because I would always tell the story. If you've heard me tell this story on any other show or whatever, I would always say, what's going to be the big deal about this is in a couple years, his sister would then go through that same phase of she's afraid of the dark. But hopefully if I did it right, then dad will not have to go upstairs. Why? Is because her brother will take her upstairs, right. turn on that light, show her, look, there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, this just happened. He did that. And we have the cameras upstairs in the room. And so she's like, I hear something. And he opens up the door. We're watching it. He's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. But it just showed me that it was like, man, like that's exactly why you do what you do. And I think that it was Patrice. So funny thing is Patrice was the first person who I think that came on. And I was asking her about like, what happens if you feel like 
you're not already a 10 or you're not an eight or a nine. You're not an expert in something. And that's what a lot of people feel. They feel like yeah. they get a little bit of imposter syndrome, things like that. And Patrice was like, you got to understand that even if you would only consider yourself a three or a four, there's still zeros, ones, twos, and that's even true. threes and fours that are out there that need you to show them that the way is possible. That's why I created Dream Nation. Now, what has Dream Nation been able to provide for me? Well, when I first start out, for me, I always think really big no matter what I do. I sat down and and I had about, I wanna say at least 20 to 25 people of like really big names like Grant Cardone, Dean Graziosi, Jack Campbell, all the people who had impacted me over the last five to six years on my personal development and personal growth journey. And so I wrote their names down and I said, you know what? I want to get these people on my show. I want to be able to allow them to talk to, I seen it as a Robin Hood effect. Mm -hmm. Why? I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have access to the Patrice Washingtons and people like that. If I can get them on my platform, now I get to kill two birds with one stone in a sense, because I get to give to the people who didn't have it. But then at the same time, someone like Patrice who already has a huge tribe of purpose chasers right. but then i get to bring it back and bring somebody else that could potentially be in her tribe what that's done for me is it's allowed me to have access to the world's biggest and brightest minds and i'll tell you the story of how this was huge for anybody who is into personal development one of the biggest people in, in my career was jack canfield and for anybody who does not know jack canfield he wrote the book the success principles which have been huge for me but he also wrote the book which a lot more people know chicken soup for the soul how this happened is my team actually wound up getting a guy by the name of Dr. Ivan Meissner. And for anybody who doesn't know him, if you've ever done any type of corporate networking, there's chapters all over the country called B&I, Business right. Networking International. I wound up having Dr. Meissner on the show. We built a relationship quickly. We talked for about an hour, hour and a half. And he said, I love your story. And he said, what can I do for you? I don't know how it exactly came about, but he asked me who has been impactful on my journey. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jack Canfield. And Michael Gerber was a couple of the names that I mentioned and not knowing that he had relationships with them. And he just smiled and he said, Casanova, hey, right when we get off here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me two separate emails, one for Jack Canfield, and Michael Gerber. Both of them are very good friends of mine. Not saying any promises that they'll do it, but I'll put in a good word for you. Mm -hmm. So I send him that right when we get off within 10 minutes, I get an email back from him on both of them. And he says, Casanova, good news. Both of them have agreed to come and do your show. So that was amazing. So then Jack Hampton came on. We talked for about two, two and a half hours and it was free. I've not paid anybody to be on my show. And then right. on top of that, Jack Hampton gives me a testimonial and I tell him about my second book that I'm working on writing and now it's completed. But he was like, listen, when you get done with this, send me the manuscript. There's no promises, but if I feel like it's something that I can get behind, I'll write the foreword for your second book. And then Michael Gerber came on. His episode released, I would say about a month and a half ago. Again, all depending on when you're listening to this. But those are just a couple of the ways. I mean, I've been able to build relationships with some of the biggest names, but it's just yeah. been such an amazing journey. But it was all came from the power of just like you said, being a servant rather than trying to look at people transactionally. I've always right. focused on the relationships. I love all of that. And I know that everybody who's listening now has a blueprint to be able to help them to figure out how to establish relationship and be more interested instead of focusing on what's in it for them. And I think that that's really, really powerful. Before I let you go, I want to give you the opportunity just to share anything that we haven't talked about in closing that's on your heart or spirit to share with our community. And then secondly, I have a few questions that I always like to round out every interview with, but um, anything you want to share? 
when people ask me what are my keys to success, I always love to tell people the three keys to my success. I always say that it comes to the three E's. Number one is the energy. What's the energy you bring into every single day, into every single conversation, into every single relationship that you've had the ability, someone to touch their lives? And the second thing is the environment. You have to put yourselves in environments that will continuously challenge you, not only on a personal level, but obviously even on a business level. That also means that you have to invest into yourself. The biggest room that we have that we can ever be in is the room for improvement. And every single day we have to be working on ourselves because we all want these skill sets so we can make so much money. But before you can level up your skill set, you really have to level up your mindset because it doesn't matter the skills you have if you don't believe that you're worthy enough to one, have those skills, but then two, to be able to capitalize on those skills and create a life by your design. The third E is the exposure. And I think the exposure is huge because a lot of the times we're so close-minded and we feel what we don't know or that we've never learned. The more that you can continue to expose yourself, the more that you're going to feel like a kid every single day. When yeah. you think about it, where kids, they're exposed every single day to, to something new on YouTube or a video game or whatever it is. Us as parents, we want our kids to be exposed to those things. Try everything. Let's figure out what you love, what you have a passion behind, and that's where I want to support you at. Well, once you become an adult, don't think of losing that because there's still somebody out there that I wouldn't say they're going to be a parent to you, but they want to be a support for you, but yeah. you got to have that exposure, which makes you come alive. Those are my three keys that I've always tried to live on every single day. And what are you learning? What are you, how are you growing just 1% every single day? You don't yeah. need to, something else that I learned that was key for me. And I always say this to myself, but comparison is the thief of all joy and success. You don't want to compare yourself to anyone else because understand that somebody else might be on their 14th step and you might only be on your second. Just like you getting into the league and expecting that you're going to become an all-star, you're going to be able to drop 40 on Michael. Like it's, <laughs> right. just, it's not the same. <laughs> yourself that grace to operate on your journey. Those are the things that I would say. I talk a lot about the grace and then the exposure. I always say exposure creates expansion. But you've been exposed to something new, you have to expand, right? Oliver Wendell Holmes says, once a mind has been expanded, it can't return to the same place. And right. so it really does open you up. This has been phenomenal. Before I let you go, you've given me a lot of powerful quotes, but I do always ask, what's your favorite quote? For me, through everything I've been through, I always just say, joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. What was the last book you read? The last book that I read was Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter by 50 Cent. What is the one tool that you swear by to grow your business? I would say relationships. Tool is whatever you want the tool to be. So relationships works. This was phenomenal, Casanova. I just want to say thank you again for coming on here and dropping the mic so many times for sharing your story and being a source of inspiration, but also more importantly, for giving actionable tips and strategies that people can begin to implement right now so that they continue their journey on the move to millions. I'm so excited you were with us today. Thank you so yes, much. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And thank you so much. And we appreciate how you're showing up in the world, Danielle. And, and I'm sure there's so many more people that will be impacted by you, your journey and everything that you have going on. So I'm just appreciative that you allow me to come on and share my story. My joy. Didn't I tell you that Casanova was going to blow your mind Minute after minute of listening to him share his powerful story and more importantly, the nuggets that he took away from it and how that has made him the man, the father, the husband and the entrepreneur that he is today 
so inspired, quite honestly. And just I knew this conversation was going to be really, really important for you. So I cannot wait to hear you share with me when you leave your review, how this particular conversation made the difference and what specifically clicked for you that puts you in an entirely different paradigm. I love how he said that motivation is short term and that we really have to reframe everything in order to experience transformation because the glory is in our story. It's what we've been through. All of our expertise, ours as well as Casanova's, comes from the experiences that we have. And what about those three tips that he gave us in order to actually make the connections that are going to lead to the deals that are going to change the game inside of your own life and in your business? Be interested, be aware and cognizant and find a place of connection and then find a pain point that you can help them to solve. Looking at how you can add value instead of expecting for someone to add value to you. I know that you're going to come back to this conversation that I had with Casanova over and over again. I know that every time you listen, you're going to get something new, some new mantra that you can take away. There's a lot of powerful mantras that he spoke inside of this episode. I think about all that he shared and all that we can take from it and make our own by up-leveling our energy, by being focused on our environment and increasing the amount of exposure that we get to have because that exposure is what's gonna create the expansion that we need to go to our next level. Thank you so much, Casanova, for being here. You have blessed my spirit in ways that I can't even begin to tell you, but I know that this is not going to be the first time that you and I will sit down and have a conversation. I get excited about thinking about all that his journey has been so far and what is yet to come and how he'll continue to inspire the lives of so many others. Thank you so much for being here, Casanova. For those of you who were tuning in, listen to me. Stop playing. And make sure that you leave us a review of what you got from this powerful conversation. I know it blessed you as much as it blessed me. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. If you're ready to get started, grab our Move to Millions quick start guide and join our online community at movetomillionsgroup.com. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. I'll see you next time. Take care.